We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Sunday morning update, viewer questions, props, bets. We got everything here for you. Remember, smash the like button for the video. We're going to be saying that like a thousand times during the show. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network as well. The more support we get, the more we can do these live shows and get to your questions. We will be doing the question and answer period towards the end of the show with myself and Brad Evans, probably the last five minutes or so. Then Brad is going to leave. And then if we can get to as many likes as we determine at the time, then I'll just stick around, go some OT, and just bang out a lot of these start sick questions. So in the chat right now, uh, if you're in the YouTube chat or the Facebook chat or the Periscope chat, feel free to intermix and answer your own questions. My rankings are all updated to this moment. They're in the description of this video. If you just want to, if you have a start sick question at wide receiver or running back, just click on it. I mean, whoever is ranked higher is going to be my answer to the question. So. It's a pretty easy way to do it. All the other shows are up there, too. All the cheat sheets are down in the description of this video. If you're listening to the audio podcast after the fact, which will be available on all the Pat Mayo Experience feeds, please leave a five-star review. That always goes a long way into helping. I will be back Monday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time with Chris Meany and Gary and Thorne to break down the week. And if you're looking for some more content, Monday night showdown picks will be up on Mayo Media Network later on Sunday. If you've lost all your money during the main slate, hey, might as well get ready for Monday night, plus a recap uh, for all of the injuries of the week, too, after the afternoon slate of games. You should be seeing those pop up right away. So today, I'm going to give you my props, going to give you my bets, and we're going to be talking about all the injuries. But first, I do want to introduce from FTN Network, that means FTN Fantasy. FTN Daily, FTNBets.com. Use code Mayo to get 10% off and make sure to check out the Prop Finder tool up on FTN Bets right now. It's free. If you're thinking about betting anything this week, you might as well type it in to see where you can get the best line on any of this. That is how you should be shopping around to find your lines. 
But Brad Evans, he's on the line. What's going on, man? Hola, amigo. Yeah, I've been uh, using the prop shop all morning long. I was uh, trying to curate a line on Kyler Murray rush yards, and I found one at DraftKings Sportsbook that's uh, quite tasty at 30.5 rush yards. And I was shocked that the juice was still minus 112 on the over. Smashed it. All right, I like it. So I, I gave my, if you checked out Twitter, I have my props up there right now, my bets for the week. So I have the bad the worst and the just completely horrendous stupid bets that I made. <laughs> so I had the, the ones that I'm really going with uh, Tennessee Jacksonville. I like the over of 44. Uh, I like yeah. the over of the giants and bears of 42. This, yep. those just seem like two games that are going to go over to me. Uh, higher paced games. I actually thought the giants offense looked okay. If they can protect Daniel Jones, yep. they're going to be okay for props. Here are mine. So I know you got your, your fade five, but here are mine for right now. Patrick Mahomes under, 14 and a half rushing yards. No rushing attempts last week. Clyde Edwards Hilaire around. Allen Robinson over 62 and a half receiving yards. Raheem Colonel Mostart under 64 and a half rushing yards. Matthew Stafford over 1.5 passing touchdowns. Gardner Minshew, Minshew walk. 19 and a half rushing yards over David Johnson, 97 and a half total yards combination of rushing and receiving under. Those are all minus 120, except for the Matthew Stafford, which is minus 130. You parlay those together, you get 35 and a half to one, and you're good to go. Where are you going with your props here? Oh, yes, I do have my fade five, and I've added colors, Mayo, Ooh. to the board this week. Yeah, uh, the uh, props department, we had a, a rise in budget, so I was able to afford some uh, multicolor dry erase markers. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, over 56 and a half rush yards. Uh, that one's inexplicable to me. I think he's going to run wild today against a Minnesota front that gave up 4.96 yards per carry to Green Bay running backs in week one. Mandatory Montgomery of Jackals. I like the over there at 57 and a half. Rush yards, big fan of that one against the Giants front that gave up four and a half yards per carry to running backs in week one. Big Ben over 1.5 passing touchdowns. Heavier juice at minus 121 at DK Sportsbook. But at uh, secondary, the Denver Broncos is hurting. No A.J. Boye. And they had severe question marks, even with Boye on the field. CeeDee Lamb, over 62 and a half receiving yards. I think that could be a big breakout performance for him today. No Blake Jarwin in a game that's got a ton of shootout appeal. I think that line is up to like 53 and a half on the total. And I still kind of like the over. And then I'm taking the under on Malcolm Brown, 46 and a half rush yards against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who do a tremendous job of gap assignment really bottling up running backs. And I think Malcolm Brown's going to be giving up at least half the touches to Cam Akers today. And one total elsewhere that I like, I love the under and that Niners-Jets game. How is it even in the 40s? Have you seen the rosters? It, I mean, it's, it is ragtag, man. I don't get that at all. So here's the, here's the way I, I was trying to parse this out myself. Like, how do I get to an over in that game? I don't want to bet either side of it, but I was thinking like, yeah, the under makes way too much sense. Obviously something is up because they, they've dropped it a little bit. It was 43, 42 and a half. Now it's 40. I think it's down to 41 because people keep smashing the under, 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 but here's the case for the over. The jet secondary is God awful. And Kyle Shanahan is. is a good coach. So, I mean, Muhammad Sanu is like going to be playing for the Niners this week. So they're going to have Kendrick Ford. They're going to have Jordan Reed, Brandon Ayuk, and Muhammad Sanu. But their secondary is so bad that if the Niners can jump up by either finding it on the ground or just attacking 
through the air against this awful Jets secondary. Let's say they get up like 14-0 by the end of the first quarter. That puts Sam Darnold dropping back to pass into play a lot, which could lead to some pick sixes the other way. Like the San Francisco defense could be the one to hit the over here and ruin it for everybody. Yeah, that's a distinct possibility. And really the public is smashing it too. Sports Insights has uh, 67% of the public spread tickets right now on the under, which scares a bejesus out of me. Uh, because often, you know, Vegas wins in these situations more often than not. And I could see that one now, you know, using your very salient points and, and cogent logic here, Mayo, that the over could hit. So, you know, more than likely, I, I'm already locked in on the under. I got it earlier in the week at 42 and a half before it got down. You know, may wind up being somewhere in the middle from where the uh, line is at at 41 in some of these places. But, yeah, if you're looking to lock in that action at this present moment in time, you might want to go somewhere else. Yeah, I gave out the Jonathan Taylor prop on Friday's show that you talked about, the 54 and a half over yeah. rushing yards. Problem is that number doesn't exist anymore, so I didn't add it to the prop. What's it up to now, like 64 and a half? Uh, last I saw on DraftKings, it was still 56 and a half uh, as of last night. I'm pulling it up right now. I'll tell you exactly what it is. 80.5, I know. No, it's still at 56 and a half at DK, but it's a heavy juice. What, what is minus the Minus 137. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 I mean, that's still actually not bad. I think I'd play that up to minus 150. But if you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now or go to the prop shop on ftmbets.com, you can put in your state where gambling is legalized, uh, and then you can type in the prop that you want or the player that you want and see where the best option is for that. Like, yeah, on, on the ones that I have access to, 64 and a half is the best number I can find. And even that is juiced up. It's like the Mo Ali Cox prop. It's over under <laughs> one. It's over under two receptions, but the juice is minus 225. I was like, well, oh, wow. Well, it's, hard it, pass. it's, it's too low, but that number just makes it a hard pass. Like I yeah, do, I, I do like the over, but I don't want to have to risk 225 bucks to win a hundred on it. It's still Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, and injuries happen. It's the NFL. I mean, it's just, you could go out there, get one reception, and then the car comes out and you lose. So, yeah, no thanks. That's why you got to avoid those real juiced up lines that are out there. But I'm actually surprised that Taylor one is still only minus uh, 137. I, I thought for sure it'd be like a minus 200, uh, 225, something like that. But no, it's, it's still minus 137 on DK. And I still think he's going to get the over there. And I know that Taylor did struggle in the, uh, the opener. You know, the nine carries for 22 yards and most of his damage through the air with a six for 67 against Jacksonville. But this is one of the most talented runners at the FBS level last year for the University of Wisconsin. Remember, he was a top two in total yak and top two in total missed tackles. And he's going to get every opportunity to be the bell cow, though Naheem Hines is also going to have a role. And I kind of like the over on 53 and a half combined yards for Hines in this one. Uh, but John the Taylor is a special rusher and i think he's got to display those skills today so i talked about the good and the bad prop bets i already told you those now here are the moronic ones uh i don't like your david montgomery over i just think that's a hard pass because he's no good but what he can do is score touchdowns so here we go <laughs> zach moss for the buffalo bills first touchdown 12 to 1 two or more touchdowns 20 to 1 three or more touchdowns 80 to 1 i played all three of those and then here's oh nice here, that's here, a team wave move here, three here, tds and 80 to 1 i love it listen the dolphins can't stop the run what i'm fading here is josh allen taking the ball in himself but moss is going to get first crack so if he can actually get in we're going to be good to go uh he had seven carries inside the 20 last week uh he had three inside the five plus he was used in that goal line package where he ended up catching 
the touchdown. So I like that one. Uh, and then I ended up doing the multi-touchdown parlay, which is probably the stupidest bet in the history of time. But I looked at it, and it was 513 to 1. So I was on it. So I play this as a round robin. So if two of them hit, I'm still going to win. But I have Zach Moss, multi-touchdown, so two or more. Derrick Henry, multi-touchdowns, two or more. And your boy, David Montgomery, two or more touchdowns in this game against the Giants. These guys find the end zone. I'm rich, Brad. Well, why are you on uh, down on Montgomery then at 57 and a half rush yards? He's got to get those two touchdowns at like 35? Yeah. He's basically like Jerome <laughs> Bettis at the end of his career. I'll, hey, you know what? If he wants to go full TJ Duckett, on that ass, then by all means, go for it. Uh, it will still be a fruitful fantasy day for me. They'll all lose all my over bets on him. By the way, did you see that Derrick Henry rush yards prop? I've never, ever seen a rush yards pop uh, prop for a single player at 118 and a half. I've never seen that. It's extraordinarily high. It's funny because like at, at where I make my prop bets, if you want to parlay them together, you can only take one prop from each of the game. But I actually could I took Minshew over the 19 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he tends to hit it when they're big underdogs. Now, they were big underdogs last week. They ended up winning. So it was he got ended up with 19 last week. But if they do get into a big hole early, then I actually like both of those. I actually like the over on the Henry prop. I think he goes absolutely bananas today. Like a lot of people are talking about, oh, you need to use Zeke uh, on DraftKings. And I mean, I can't really talk anyone out of using Zeke. It's a good play. But I still prefer Derrick Henry in this spot. I, I do too. I think he's, uh, what, 7,200, if I remember correctly. 79. Uh, I- uh, here's what I want to ask you. Uh, just some questions from the chat. We'll do five right now. And again, if you do want your question answered, we're doing that at the very end of the show at 10.55 a.m. Then Brad is going to leave. Then I'm going to do 10 minutes to myself, maybe, if we get enough likes. And hey, thank you for not downvoting the show <laughs> as it goes. So hard reset here. Is Jordan Reed a good play at $2,600 with everyone out on san francisco everyone out on the jets here's my problem with jordan reed at 2600 that could be one catch in an injury yeah that's a downside i mean he's one concussion away from uh retirement you know and I, i'm still shocked that he's playing and i know he played meaningful snaps last week and you have no george kittle obviously but man that's a risky play i mean look it, it's it's cheap he's only 2600 bucks uh, personally, if I'm going uh, bargain basement tight end, it's Dan Arnold of the Arizona Cardinals. Like he's got a really good shot at like 30 yards in a touchdown. Uh, he ran over 30 routes last week, played on 45 snaps. He only had the two targets, uh, but caught both of them for 21 yards. But, you know, you, you look at Washington and their struggles with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz last week. And granted, those guys are far more superior in terms of pure talent than what Dan Arnold has. But Kyler Murray could be looking these six foot five targets way early and often uh, based on what the defense gives him. So yeah, I mean, there, there are worse options out there than Jordan Reed, but I think there's some better ones as well. Um, so Cust had entered the chat. If people didn't know Tim Andercust, and that's when the, the strobe party started. If you had a German Spockle party <laughs> during the time, he's left the chat and all of a sudden, look, we're fixed. So if, hey, we, if we, I was down for the rave mail, like I, I popped a Molly. I was ready to go. Let's party. You know, got the disco lights going on. It was like, Hey, I can't feel anything, but I'm sweating a lot. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah a lot of sweat goes on during these strobe light parties, uh, especially with uh, whatever you're up to over there. But if we talk about these pay down tight ends, uh, you just mentioned a few. So you have like Jordan Reed, Mo Alley Cox, Chris Herndon, Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz is another one that's down. 
down in that range, either to pick up off your waiver wire if you need someone to plug and play, or on DraftKings. Do you have a favorite of those guys? Because I think I would go Thomas Herndon Cox would be my three in that order. Uh, well, yeah, Thomas for sure. Herndon would be number two. So one, two there. Uh, yeah, Cox is interesting. I probably have Diane Arnold there. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to go off the board, I would throw him at my number three. But Logan Thomas had eight targets last week for crying out loud. You know, he's a converted college quarterback, very athletic guy, seems to be very comfortable within this offense. And Dwayne Haskins has trust in him. So, you know, and you look at Arizona, largely allergic uh, to covering the tight end. I, and I know, you know, you look at it, well, George Kittle only had uh, 44 yards. I said, like, well, Kittle got hurt. He was well on his way to like 80 yards and a touchdown in that game. Could it be a century mark effort? And he got hurt early on and that sapped him the rest of the game as he was tied to the line, just run blocking and playing decoy. So I think Logan Thomas, you know, probably has the best shot of that group to hit, you know, well into the double figures in terms of fantasy point production. So that would be the top of the heat for me. I'm glad that you're, you're digging Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox was an absolute baller at VCU. And I'm talking about college basketball. You know, I cover that too. And that guy in the post, he just destroyed fools. And he's maybe one of those guys, the next in line, along with the Jimmy Grahams, Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez of the world, uh, that's going to make that transition successfully from playing college basketball and to, you know, playing meaningful snaps in the NFL as a tight end. Well, it has to go with the narrative of the commentators. Like they need something to talk about during the broadcast when there's a bit of dead time. And the one thing they love talking about is, did you know he used to play basketball? And you'll hear that like 80 times. And we hear it every week with every tight end who used to play basketball. So just throw him onto the pile. I, I don't love him this week uh, by any means, because you can definitely just get written out of this script very easily. They just don't go to him. But Phillip Rivers tends to like his tight ends, although Jack Doyle couldn't come down with anything last week. There are just so few options, because in that indie game, like Michael Pittman may or not, may not play. Zach Pascal is still kind of banged up. So you have Hilton, you have Pally Campbell, who is incredibly undercursed this week, by the way. That's, that's Tim's sneaky yep. play of the week. So watch out for that. You have the running backs, who are going to filter targets just because it's Rivers. And then you have Cox on the field. If he can get like 70% of the snap share at tight end, he's going to be out there and against the Vikings you, you kind of take it yeah look uh this Minnesota Vikings defense is going to be overly generous this season uh you know we we saw I, I don't think week one was an anomaly I think that is going to be the status quo for them for much of the year and, and I kind of agree with cost on the on the all petty uh-huh, play there you know he played 92.4 percent of the snaps out of the slot and you look at the matchup going one-on-one against Mike Hughes Mike Hughes of the Minnesota Vikings out of the slot last week gave up a perfect passer rating. He was targeted six times, allowed six receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. So Campbell is one of those guys, you know, because he's so slippery, because he's so versatile that, uh, and knowing that, you know, Phillip Rivers is a T-Rex, you know, throwing the football just over short distances, that's got to benefit Hines. It's got to benefit Campbell. It's got to benefit your boy, Mo Cox. Uh, I think, you know, Rivers is another one of those guys that could have a sneaky good game because Minnesota just has so many shortcomings defensively. Uh, Let's talk about injuries at wide receiver. So here's who I have likely in. Like I mentioned, game time decision for Cortland Sutton. Uh, You'll know that at 1135 a.m. Eastern time after 
were off there, but it does look like he's trending towards playing, as is Golden Tate. Other than that, Brandon Ayuk, KJ Hamler, Mike Evans, Brendan Cooks, Devontae Parker, another game time decision, Julio Jones, Deontay Johnson, Corey Davis, John Brown, Henry Ruggs in the Monday night game, and Zach Pascal are all trending towards playing. Michael Pittman is trending towards not playing, but he could be activated at the very last second. Then you got Mims, Crowder, Galladay, Jeffrey, A.J. Brown, Chris Godwin, and Michael Thomas all ruled as out for week two. So of like the replacements, because I mean, if you have Galladay, this sucks. Although they say he might play in week three, that would be fantastic for a couple of my teams. Or Michael Thomas, you were relying on him after last week. Maybe you were just big on Crowder. Now you don't have any of these options. So if we're thinking about like plug and play guys from here, everyone's like gung-ho on Scotty Miller. I think he's a good DraftKings fade for one thing. Like you can plug him and play him as like a low end wide receiver three as a flex, but like just because he's white doesn't mean that, you know, he's Wes Welker or Julian Edelman. <laughs> That's true. I do like Scotty Miller though. Uh, I, I do agree that his ownership in, in DK and in the DFS games is going to be through the roof. So you got a zig while other zag, but I think for season long purposes, you know, if you're looking for a wide receiver three to 12 team league in a pinch uh, due to these various injuries that might have, you know, sapped your franchise, you know, put them in, in, in your lineup is I think a salient and, and sage move. Um, you know, the target share is going to be there. Mike Evans is squeaky wheels going to get the grease. You know, Bruce Arians came out and said, we need to get him more involved. You know, he's got that game under his belt. He was playing on a tender hamstring last week, was not at full strength. Clearly, if you watch the film, uh, he was not getting the explosion of push as he normally does. And long range speed wasn't there, but he had a full week of practices uh, late in the week. So he should be good to go. Uh, I kind of like him uh, if people have forgotten about him. And I don't know what his ownership levels are going to be in DraftKings. But Scotty Miller is going to see a hefty target share. And, you know, a lot of people like O.J. Miller or O.J. Howard, excuse me, uh, as well in those 12 formations oh gronk's going to be there as uh as another option for tom brady but scotty miller you know i think he could duplicate what he did last week you know something like 70 to 80 yards maybe a touchdown uh but if you get a handful of receptions and 70 yards at your wide receiver three and you're scoring for you know half point ppr full ppr uh, you'll take that all diggity day long and i think miller can certainly do that against this beatable secondary of the Carolina Panthers. So DraftKings-wise, if you're paying Dan at receiver, there's a couple options. Like Campbell, as we mentioned, is one of them. Deontay Johnson at 4500 seems like an excellent value. Mike Williams is $4,200, who I really like. Then you got Quintez Cephas starting in Galladay's spot. This guy's got to get balls down the field. Ten targets last week. 24% market share of targets for Matthew Stafford. And if they're going to be playing catch-up against Green Bay, like he only needs to come down with like three – three receptions in total and one of these long ones and he more than pays off that price he's in the $3,700 this week like I I would prefer that over Scotty Miller in this spot like I'm not playing cash games I'm playing GPPs I want the big play threat and that just feels like more of a big play threat now the safety not there Uh, Miller is definitely going to go in with a higher floor for your season long lineups but if you're looking for like 20 points that could be 20 points yeah, you're exactly right. And, and that's what you got to do. You're trying to find those guys in in exploitable situations that are on the cheap that, you know, can potentially get you that 20 point output. So you need that outburst. You need that surge in production. And Quintez Cephas could certainly do that because what we know about Darrell Bevel's offense is he is going to uncork early and often with Matthew Stafford. And I'm not overly intimidated by this Green Bay secondary. Now, using Jeff Ratcliffe's really rad and, and fully updated because we beautified it. It's very aesthetically pleasing now. Wide receiver cornerback tool. You can check it out at ftndaily.com, ftnfantasy.com. This is in that yellow caution category in terms of matchup for Quintez Cephas going up against Kevin King. 
uh, one-on-one, although it's not going to be exclusive shadow coverage. But as you mentioned, I I think this game is going to surge over. Uh, I think the totals at like 49, uh, but both of these offenses uh, looked really good in week one. I know Stafford and company struggled down the stretch. I mean, DeAndre Swift dropped an easy touchdown, which would have got Detroit the win over my beloved Chicago Bears. But you look at what Aaron Rodgers did against that weak Minnesota defense, just picked him apart. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think this game's got a lot of upside. Could be some crooked numbers on the board. And Quintez Cephas could be one of those guys that benefits, as you mentioned, at $3,700. Bargain basement buy worth exploring for sure. Uh, at tight end, uh, we kind of ran through all the cheap options, but it looks like Gerald Everett might end up playing, therefore sucking away some of the snap share from Tyler Higby in this matchup. But David Njoku placed on IR, Blake Jarwin placed on IR, Kittle not playing, Jack Doyle not playing. You had mentioned Max Williams is not playing in Arizona, leaving Tarzan Dan Arnold uh, a situation here. If you had to pay up at tight end this week, who are you paying up for? Because the highest I could feasibly get to was hunter henry at 5100 bucks yeah and i wouldn't do that i I just you know for me uh you know i hayden hurst is interesting i don't know what his price is but i think hurst is one of those guys you know a handful of targets in week one a lot of people were writing him off you know they're like oh russell gage had a dozen targets that's not great news for uh for hayden hurst but that game you know it's all about following the total and the potential shootout and with that one you know, well into the 50s, yeah, maybe Hayden Hurst has that 60-70 yard game and a TD against that Dallas Cowboys defense. You know, again, for me, it's just, it's Logan Thomas. That is my focus right now at tight end. You know, I'd rather just penny pinch there so I can spin up for the Derrick Henrys of the world. Or if you want to go with like a Cowboy stack, or, you know, I've got a, a couple of Pittsburgh Steelers stacks out there with Roethlisberger and Juju and Eric Ebron mixed in there. And Eric Ebron maybe is that guy. Uh, who I think has got a great chance of scoring a touchdown. But Logan Thomas, to me, is the player that just really stands out this week as uh, probably the best buy at the tight end position. Though I think, yeah, Ebron's in that conversation with some of the other bargain guys that we mentioned. So I'm not willing to buy up, not willing to pay up for the Mark Andrews of the world, uh, even though he's got a premium matchup on paper against the Houston Texans. But I, I can't see him you know, duplicating the two TD game he had last week against the Brownies. I can see that. The problem is with paying up a tight end is that, you know, you want access to these high-end receivers. You want access to these high-end running backs. Running backs, for sure, you want to pay up for because there's just not a lot of cheap options. That There are options at tight end to pay down for, and that's how you get access up there. That If you want to roll the dice on a Kelsey or an Andrews in your DraftKings lineup this week, like they're not going to be very popular whatsoever just because everyone kind of has the same idea. Uh, two things. One, Adam Schefter just tweeted out that the first notable in-season case of COVID is coming up after the break on Sunday countdown, which seems kind of greasy to get viewers, but uh, something's a brewing here. I hopefully uh, we'll figure out who it is here within the next 10 minutes and see what the ramifications are of that. But I want to throw out two guys that I think people need to be using uh, in giant field GPPs this week. I don't have the most confidence in them, and clearly their ownership reflects that this week. But one is Saquon Barkley, who everyone is choosing just to avoid this week on DraftKings against the Bears, which seems crazy. I, I get it, because Zeke and Henry are right there. Those are objectively better plays. But if you're trying to game theory your way through this and you're thinking about upside, he is one of those guys. And the other one, with everyone on Julio and Ridley and Adams and Hopkins and Mike Evans and Amare Cooper... No one is using the slate-breaking force of Tyreek Hill, Brad. 
No, they're not, uh, which is fascinating to me because I, I think everybody's afraid of Hayward and, and how good he is in coverage, and he's outstanding. And this Chargers secondary as a unit is one of the stingiest in the league. And, you know, Chris Harris, obviously, one of the best slot guys that's out there. So, you know, on the rare occasion that Tyreek Hill does leak into the slot, he'll go toe-to-toe with Chris Harris. But you're right. I mean, that, that game in particular, I think, is one of the more fascinating ones out there. I think the Chargers could be very competitive. You know, everybody's writing them off because Tyrod was a disaster last week. Uh, but I think he's going to step up. And this Kansas City secondary is really ailing right now. You know, they got multiple injuries. Uh, this was supposed to be one of their weaker points on paper entering the season. And now they're undermanned. Uh, so maybe there's going to be more success there for a Hunter Henry down the field. Maybe there's going to be more success for a Keenan Allen or a Mike Williams. Uh, who Tyrod Taylor really favored. And the fact that Mike Williams got up and walked off the field after getting annihilated over and over again, getting depleted last week, you know, he could be a sneaky good uh, player overall. But, you know, that game, as always, because of how Kansas City plays, uh, there's always a ton of shootout appeal. So that could benefit ultimately Tyree Kill in the end, who's a blur and can race past anybody. But that bracket coverage, having that extra safety come over the top to help Hayward out, who's one of the best you know guys in press coverage, jamming guys at the line, could be tough going for Tyree Kill. But you know he's always a threat to go for 100 yards and a pair of touchdowns every game. See, see, that's the entire thing. Like he's he's a slate breaking presence. It doesn't mean he's going to have a good game, yeah. but generally yeah. when he goes off, he is on the winning millionaire maker team. And the time that you want to target that type of player, it's a lot like Will Fuller this week. Like no one really wants Will Fuller, despite the fact that Cooks is still somewhat banged up. Duke Johnson, probably not going to play, or if he does, it's going to end up being like very limited, but it looks like he's going to be out. That it's a game where they're seven point dogs at home, no time for protection for Deshaun Watson. He's going to get the ball out quickly and he's getting it out to Will Fuller. Eventually you're going to be able to take a shot down the field. Like I don't love the play, just like I don't love Tyree kill but these are the types of players again that when they're coming in at like three percent owned and they do hit because they're kind of matchup agnostic at some point like Tyreek Hill's gonna go off against almost anybody like he he's the one with the advantage yeah they can bracket cover him all they want but at the same time his speed is uncoverable he just needs to be hit in stride and all of a sudden he has two 80 yard touchdowns that would be the game theory way of doing it's like it's like the Barkley thing like if Barkley had three touchdowns against the Bears is anyone gonna be super stunned no, not at all, uh, nor should they. I mean, look, it's not like the Chicago team is the 85 version, right? <laughs> you know, I mentioned, I mentioned the weaknesses on the back end, and if Daniel Jones does take advantage of that and has a lot of success down the field, with say like a Darius Slayton, for example, uh, and he gets tackled at the one couple of times, yeah, I mean, Saquon's going to get the ball to the belly and he's going to punch it in. So, you know, it, it, I see where you're coming from. You know, it is a matchup-based game, and you could apply the same logic to really any of the Seattle Seahawks, right? You know, DK Metcalf, a Tyler Lockett, even a Chris Carson to a certain extent, or Russell Wilson. Because people are going to look at that. They're going to see the little red, uh, you know, denotation on the page next to Russell Wilson's name. It's going to be like, you know, 31st, 30th, whatever the matchup is for New England. And they're going to be like, ah, you know, this is not a favorable spot for him. I'm going to go another direction. And then Russell could go out there and, you know, light the world on fire, go for like, you know, 250, three to four touchdowns like he did in week one. I'm granted it was against a softer opponent against the Atlanta Falcons, but if that hits, then that places you in an enormous advantage as long as your other players hit over the competition because of those low ownerships. So that, that all falls in that game theory that, you know, quality NFL talent usually prevails in the end. 
even against some of the stiffest competition that's out there. Yeah, the general rule of thumb when you're playing DraftKings, if you're looking for a pivot play to get off some of the higher owned guys, don't pivot off a good player onto a bad player. Pivot off a good player onto another good player who just has a bad matchup. Uh, one player who has a bad matchup and I think is a bad player, uh, your, your hometown guy, or at least where you live now, MG3, no Philip Lindsay this week. So then you have Melvin Gordon has this entire backfield to himself, Brad. But there's a problem. He's not any good. <laughs> well, he was week one. I will say oh, that. Oh, you mean you, know, I, you mean after he got benched and couldn't come back into the game until Philip Lindsay got hurt? Well, that's true. But late in the game, he had a couple of really nice runs. Uh, he had the highest yak per attempt of any running back, believe it or not, in week one, which I was kind of blown away by. Now, I think that was uh, an anomaly. I think that was a bit of a mirage. Uh, we can't forget, too, my boy Royce Freeman is alive. <laughs> He's alive, male. Uh, and he will operate as the secondary running back. And, you know, they, they don't want Melvin Gordon get the ball 20 to 25 times. But I do fear the matchup because I do believe the Steelers front is as good as it showed against Saquon Barkley. And Saquon had eight runs for minus yards. And that could, you know, ultimately shake out once again for, uh, for Gordon. And here's the other issue. I think the Broncos get crushed in this game. I live here in Denver. And, you know, I follow this team very closely. Oh, I'm a Bears fan. And they got just so many injuries. You know, you're missing Vaughn Miller. You're missing Phillip Lindsay, as you mentioned. Cortland Sutton looks like he's going to play. Uh, but will, you know, maybe he's going to be limited in some capacity. Now you're down A.J. Boye, your best cover corner. I mean, and now you got to face Big Ben with a game under his belt who looked like vintage Big Ben in the second half of that game against the Giants last week. And Juju ca catching a couple of touchdowns. Deontay Johnson having a couple of nice receptions on 10 targets. Uh, they don't defend the tight end. That's why I love Eric Ebron to score at plus 275 for DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, there's just so many downsides here that the game script could get completely out of control. And yeah, Melvin Gordon can catch some balls, but this thing could just snowball very badly for him and the entire Broncos team as a whole. So I am fading Melvin Gordon hard here in week two. Uh, so the Schefter has released who the positive COVID test was. It's the senior VP of officiating Al Riverton. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. Well, hopefully he wasn't around a lot of, uh, you know, people, particularly officials. Cause we kind of need those guys. Yeah. I yeah, don't play him in your lineups this week, I guess. What, what an odd tease. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's stick with that Steelers game for a second. Uh, the biggest impact is, I mean, James Conner was taken off the injury report. It looks like he's going to start. I don't know what the distribution between him and Benny Snell is going to be. But if you go on how the Steelers have done this in the past, it's James Conner. Whoever running back one is, they get all the touches until they don't anymore. Then the next guy up, he gets all the touches. So if Conner goes down again, I would expect to see some you know, a majority of Benny Snell. The problem here is I don't want to play either of these guys just because there is an unknown factor, but Pittsburgh's down two of its guards. And I think the pass protection will still be there for Pittsburgh, but I really worry about how effective they're going to be on the ground. I am too. Uh, and this was, you know, this has been an issue for Pittsburgh really the last couple of years. I mean, they, they've been a ragtag bunch, just kind of throwing bodies out there, trying to get them to mesh together, pulling people out of the stand saying, hey, you look big. Uh, you look like you could hold your own against us uh, an oncoming NFL blitz. Uh, here, here's a uniform, put on a helmet and let's roll. Yeah. This is the issue that's been plaguing this franchise. And, you know, they were set up to have a top 10 unit in terms of pass blocking in terms of run blocking this year. And now that's in question. Now, again, the good news here is you're not facing Vaughn Miller. Now Bradley Chubb is back and, you know, he played some meaningful snaps last week. So that's going to be uh, the big bugaboo here and whether or not, 
you know, they can hold him up and pre prevent him from penetrating the pocket and wrapping up a Benny Snell or James Conner. But here's the thing too. It's like, you know, Conner, it's amazing how overnight he went from bell cow back to all of a sudden like this secondary option, just because Benny Snell got the hot hand, look good. And I got to give credit to Benny Snell. He, he, he was fit. He was trim. He had the explosiveness. He had the power. He looked like a completely different running back than the snail that we saw last year. But I'm still not convinced. And all of a sudden he has hijacked this backfield. I still believe that James Conner is going to have a formidable role. Uh, we know that he's a superior pass catcher. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he got, you know, 15 to 17 touches and in a very motivated position, even though you have those offensive line issues, uh, he could have himself a sneaky good game a day, maybe 65 to 70 combined yards and a touchdown. So don't sleep too hard on James Conner. This could be his last stand. And unlike General Custer, uh, I think he'll survive it and maybe hold his own in this backfield moving forward. Yeah, if you go check my ranks up on DKPlaybook.com right now, you can find those in the description of this video right now if you just want to get your question answered. We're going to be doing question and answer period towards the end of the show. We'll do it golf for questions. You can mingle about in the chat right now, answer each other's questions. But once we get to the time for the hard questions... I got some rules, so you don't want to get banned for life. Because I love banning people for life. One of my favorite things to do. But, like, I have James Conner at number 26 this week. Uh, I think he is a flex play at best, just because I'm worried about it. Like, I would play Zach Moss over James Conner this week. And, and that's fine, and that's fair. Uh, I actually have Moss a little bit higher than Conner as well, because you want to wait and see. But, you know, in some of these deeper leagues, you know, I play kind of a 14-teamer. I play in a 20-teamer for oh, God's yeah, sake. Hey, you're, so you you're, you're a big luxury. man, Brad. We get it. Yeah, you don't have the luxury of those options. But, yeah, look, I agree with the Zach Moss take. Um, you know, there, there's some other running backs out there that I find quite fascinating this week. You know, I mentioned Mandatory Montgomery. Uh, he is certainly one. I think James Robinson is really interesting for the Jacksonville Jaguars because he is locked and loaded into a vigorous workload. And you look at Tennessee, it's not like, you know, they were an iron curtain against the Denver Broncos. And the aforementioned Melvin Gordon, again, who had the number one uh, highest yak per attempt of any running back in the league. So, you know, there are options out there that you could lean on if you want to play the wait and see mode for whether or not, you know, James Conner is going to solidify and regain you know, that bell cow status that Mike Tomlin had, you know, placed upon him before week one. Hmm. So what else were you, I mean, here's the, here's the problem with James Robinson in this matchup. We didn't see much of Chris Thompson at all uh, outside of like the first few series involved in the passing game. If they do be fall behind early, do you think that goes back to a split or do you think James Robinson is just going to be on the field the entire time? I think Robinson's going to command most of the snaps here, to be honest with you. I, you know, Chris Thompson, is he an excellent receiver in the backfield? Yes, but he's not particularly explosive. He's injury prone and Robinson can catch, you know, he had a nice long reception last week and he's, he's an effective uh, uh, pass protector as well. So he has got a legitimate three down skill set, and in the organization knows that that's why Leonard Fournette was so expendable to them because they saw what they had in James Robinson. Like we have a diamond in the rough here and they're willing to lean on him. I, you know, I don't think it's just coach speak. What Jay Gruden was saying about him earlier this week saying, Hey, we're going to ride him even more. I think they truly believe that he can be a bell cow and they're going to give him every opportunity. Now it's just going to be about game flow, as you mentioned in the script, uh, the good news is that Tennessee's is going to control clock with Derrick Henry left, right, and up the middle, right? And yeah, I, I think it'll be able to keep this game fairly close. I am not betting the Jags plus the nine. I can tell you that right now. That's going to be way too trendy. Recency buys is a hell of a drug. 
and people are injecting the Jags into their veins after you know the big upset against the Colts last week. Uh, we'll see their true colors today. Uh, but I think Robinson will be on the field the majority of the time. That's why I think he's flexy, sexy, and it's well-team league here in week two. Malcolm Brown. A lot of people went and picked him up off the waiver wire, or they had him towards like the back end of their drafts. Now they're considering playing him against the Eagles this week. Uh, Daryl Henderson, healthier this time around. He was dealing with a hamstring injury going into week one, but I would expect to see him play some more snaps. Cam Akers started that game last week and did not look good, so therefore more Malcolm Brown. What do you envision in this backfield for the Rams this week? Is it going to be all Malcolm Brown, or is he going to be down to like, 50 percent max and then all of a sudden he's not such a good play oh look at that down arrow there mayo <laughs> on the malcolm brown rush yards prop at a very modest 46 and a half rush yards i think it's at 44 and a half at dk and i'm under uh look this coaching staff spent high draft capital on cam Akers. cam Akers look like a rookie like most of the rookies look like rookies and john the taylor did running the football last week now it was different in terms of catching it but Cam Akers, you know, he had a nice spin move late. He did force five missed tackles, believe it or not, in that game. So he showed some of the shimmy and shake and the promise in his three-down skill set that he possesses. Malcolm Brown's a jag. He's just a guy. Yeah, he was effective downhill. Did not get appreciable yak in week number one. I could see this turning into a hot hand situation. Look, the matchup isn't great. You know, Philadelphia Eagles can really defend their asses off and botting up the run. You know, they did it. Uh, in week one, a grand was against Washington, uh, who had their own rookie in his first game, trying to get the jitters out of the way, Antonio Gibson. But, you know, Peyton Barber, who is a sloth, and he had, what, the 17 for 27 and a pair of touchdowns. But that Eagles defense, uh, clearly the strength's going to be in the trenches all season long. So, you know, for me, uh, and I was impressed with the Rams getting the push that they did against the Dallas Cowboys on the front. Uh, I think Malcolm Brown takes a step back. I think reality's going to set in. And if Cam Akers can rip off a nice couple of early runs, he's going to steal the show and be the guy the rest of the season. So your opportunity to sell high on Malcolm Brown is about to expire. And I would not trust his services here at week number two. And that's again, why I'm taking the under on the uh, 44 and a half or 46 and a half rush yards, wherever you get it uh, on a player prop. So who do you think the most talked about players that people need to know about this week are? Like a lot of people went and picked up Malcolm Brown. A lot of people went and picked up Scotty Miller. Uh, Corey Davis is another really hot name with A.J. Yes. Brown out. I think you just fade Corey Davis this week. Uh, in a game script where you're saying, like, the Titans have gone up to double digits. Now they've dropped back down a little bit because people like Jacksonville. But this just reeks of a Derrick Henry, 30 carries on the ground. And if they go to the air, I still prefer Jonu to Corey Davis like Corey Davis just is setting up to me like as a giant bust this week like maybe he goes like four for 60 maybe he can find the end zone but I would not be pressing that lock uh well look I I, I tend to disagree with you on that one I think Corey Davis is a hell of a talent I, I loved him out of Western Michigan and, and I know he has failed colossally uh in his NFL career but maybe he's this year's Devontae Parker you know maybe we shouldn't write him off quite yet but maybe we shouldn't also not 100% buy into him yet it's a one-game sample size, but he really impressed with his ability to separate from Broncos defenders in that opener. Smooth routes, uh, the passes were clean on time from Tannehill, and Corey Davis was able to haul it in. You know, maybe he's had an epiphany. Maybe this is the awakening of CD, and knowing he's going to be locked into a you know pretty sizable target share, he's interesting. I think he's wide receiver three material at a minimum here in week number two, and I would trot him out there. I have a lot of confidence in him 
you know, maybe not to deliver 100 yards, but maybe get you a handful of receptions right around 70 yards. Sure. Uh, and I understand, I agree with you. It's going to be a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. You know, another player that I really like this week is Steve Sims of Washington. You know, going away from Patrick Peterson, I think he's going to be a sound sage strategy for Washington, whether it's a Logan Thomas or Sims underneath out of the slot. You know, because I think Peterson is going to shadow Terry McLaurin in this game. I'm down on Terry McLaurin. I, you know, I, I've got him on the under on 61 and a half receiving yards, but Sims, he's got a low threshold of like 44 and a half receiving yards. I think he's got to hit the over, hit the over in week one. Uh, this is one of the, you know, more impressive players that they had in training camp, you know, from the local sources that I talked there for the old football team. And again, he's got an exploitable matchup, you know, working against whether it's Byron Murphy or Drake or, or Kirkpatrick out of the slot that he can take advantage of. So it's just a matter of Dwayne Haskins getting the ball cleanly and efficiently and on time to him. And we mentioned too earlier, I, I think the real buzzy player here is uh, this week at wide receiver CD lamb. You know, I think a lot of people are buying into him hook line and sinker. And for good reason, you know, Blake Jarwin's out. You're going to see that increase in target share. You're in a, you know, a plethora of points scenario today against the Atlanta Falcons. We know how weak that secondary is. Uh, and Amari Cooper's banged up. You know, he's been dealing with a foot injury all week. He practiced uh, on a limited basis late in the week, may not be at 100%. So this could be a Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb kind of game for the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I love him today. Again, he's only 4700 bucks at DK right now for DFS. I mean, if we just look at uh, start sits in terms of wide receivers, we talk about Corey Davis. Would you go Corey Davis or Christian Kirk? Because I'm taking Kirk. I do like Christian Kirk. Uh, he had a ton of air yards in week number one. And I know he opened up at Dunkin' Donuts, but uh, yeah, I'm going Corey Davis, but I would not be at all surprised if you were actually correct on that one. Uh, Alan Lazard, who had the nice week one, or Corey yes. Davis, I would go with Lazard. Uh, I also like Lazard a little bit more. I think Lazard is a legitimate wide receiver too, and he's in a great position to take advantage of what should be soft coverage from Detroit today. Would you go... Traquan Smith or Corey Davis with no Michael Thomas. I'm going Traquan. Never Traquan. I'm going Traquan. Oh, I am not. 100% not at all. This has got a, this is an Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook crush it game on Monday night. Those are the two guys you want in your DFS lineup if you're doing um, you know, captain mode or showdown. Those are the two guys you want. I want nothing to do with Traquan. He always disappoints it seems like. So good. See, people are off Traquan now. It's, it's not like he's going to step into a Michael Thomas role, but he's going to be on the field a bunch against a bad defense of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Paris Campbell or Corey Davis? Paris Campbell. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders or Corey Davis? Corey Davis. I like Sanders there. Would you play a banged up Devontae Parker against the Bills or Corey Davis? Corey Davis. I would still go with Parker if he's active for this game. Oh, I, I, I'm really. I, well, I don't know if it's going to, I mean, look at last week, Gilmore was on Preston Williams. I think it's really good news for Parker. If he ends up playing, I don't think white's going to be on Parker. I think white's going to be on Williams. What would be a colossal mistake uh, for McDermott and the Buffalo bills? If they do that, and Preston Williams is very unimpressive to me. I, I don't think he's particularly good. Uh, I think he just gets peppered with targets and people are just, you know, looking at him like, Oh, this guy can play. He's made a couple of splashy plays, but uh, he is very much a secondary option only. Devontae Parker, far superior in terms of overall skill set. But yeah, whatever. You know, if, if Tredavious winds up on Preston Williams, it's great news. I got Devontae Parker out of desperation. Wide receiver three, I got to play him. So I hope it happens. But I still think Tredavious uh, will shadow him more often than not. Anthony Miller or Corey Davis? 
Oh, that's close. Uh, CD by a nose is because I got trust issues with Trubisky, and it's just because I'm a biased Bears fan. Okay. I see. I like Anthony Miller. Would you play Anthony Miller or Scotty Miller? Uh, Scotty. I play again. It's, it's I, close I though. I mean, it's a razor blade. Tony Miller's the guy here. Although I didn't enjoy his snap count last week when it mattered the most. Trubisky had eyes for him. He was like Hulk Hogan with Miss Elizabeth. He has had the eyes for Anthony Miller. <laughs> Are you going to snap into a Slim Jim with that Anthony Miller? Is that what you're going to do? I By mean, the way, Macho Man, here he is. Oh yeah, right there off the shelf. So good call. That's the macho. Yeah, I mean, that's back in the macho king days, WrestleMania four. So we're good to go here. Yeah. Um, we can start taking some questions. I think we'll open up the floor to the questions, unless there's something else you really want to hit on. I have my two defenses you need to use this week on DraftKings: the Eagles and the Colts. There you go. You won a million bucks. Uh, how about Miami on the super cheap? You know, Josh Allen's always good for a couple of turnovers. I, I agree with Miami. I think it's a really low floor play, and here's the problem: if this game goes to script. It's just going to be a lot of running from the Bills. They're going to try to run as much as possible. You might get your turnover or two, but there's not going to have the ability for, unless Miami can jump up early in this game, Josh Allen's not going to throw the ball more than, I don't know, 25 times, if that. And then you just decrease the potential for sacks, for pressure, for turnovers, where in the other games, I like the opposing quarterbacks to throw more. Like, I, I just, if this turns into like a 2027 game for the Bills, that kind of thing, like it's just going to be kind of ground and pound the entire time. And just the opportunity to score fantasy points and DraftKings points for the Miami defense just isn't there. And it's not like the Eagles and the Colts are that much more expensive. They're $400 and $500 more expensive. Like you can get there pretty easily with those two teams. Yeah, I could see that. And plus, you're going to hit on your 80 to 1 bet with Zach Moss and the TD hat trick. So, yeah, I see your logic there. So, there we go. So we're going to be good. <laughs> All right. So uh, rules of the chat. I'm going to start it right here, right now. Uh, we're going to be giving you one word answers because we want to try to get to as many questions as possible. I'm going to go into overtime answering your questions once Brad is off the line because he can only handle so many of your questions. And he's doing his own AMA noon Eastern time at FTNFantasy.com, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, we may go full 30, 45. We'll see how many questions that come in. Plus, I just answered a boatload of questions on Sirius XM. So uh, yeah, just keep rapid fire to my way. I like the one word approach. Okay. So rules of the chat. You ask the same question twice. You're banned for life. You answer other people's question. You're banned for life. You bring up the name Mark Ingram. You are banned <laughs> for life. These are the rules of the chat. There's probably more. The monitor will be on you. So I won't even be seeing them. So you just might get banned and that'll be the end of it. So here we go. Number one, Singletary or McLaurin in the flex? I'm still going McLaurin here. Yeah, I don't trust Devin Singletary. That was Zach Moss there working in the red zone. Who's better, James Conner or James Conner or James Robinson? I would go with Robinson this week. I would go with Robinson too. Wait and see just what Conner gets workload wise. Corey Davis or Jerry Judy? There, I will go Corey Davis. Oh, finally it coming to my side. Yes, Corey Davis. Will Fuller, Emmanuel Sanders, or your guy, David Montgomery for a flex play? I would still go Will Fuller. Mandatory. It's Montgomery all day. I don't know if it's all day on that one. I, I like Will Fuller as a seven-point dog and the focal point of a receiving gain over minus one yard per carry David Montgomery. Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, Scott Miller, Preston Williams. There is a 10-point bonus in this league for a 100-yard game. If that's the case, I think you just fire up Deontay Johnson. 
Yeah, I think you do too. I, I, I love the 10 targets for last week and he can stretch the field. Ah, see, this is back to uh, the questions we were just going through. Corey Davis, Anthony Miller, Scotty Miller, Traquan need one. I think it's Anthony Miller. It's Scotty. All right. C.D. Lamb, McLaurin, or Malcolm Brown? I'm still going with Terry McLaurin. Uh, no, C.D. Lamb for me, please. That, that just that, There's so many options in that game. I know, but it's it, you got to worry about Peterson shadowing. He is legit all pro material. He's still damn good. Yeah. That's the problem. Listen, Darius Slay is very good, too. And McLaurin had a quote-unquote bad game last week and still got to five and over 60 yards. Like, if that's going to be his floor, like, pencil me in. If he breaks away once, he's good to go. Well, he might be sleeping on that floor once again. And I think C.D. Lamb's ceiling's much higher this week. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, pick one, Scotty Miller, James White, or Corey Davis. There, I would go with Scott Miller. Yes, uh, I go with little Scotty, who, by the way, if you've seen his headshot, I don't think he could buy liquor. Like he looks like he's about 12. He's the, in the golf world. That is the Cam Smith profile picture. He looks like he's <laughs> nine years old somehow. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Anthony Miller, or Naheem Hines in PPR. I'm going Naheem Hines. Oh, I'm going Hines too. Uh, by the way, I love the over on him at 53 and a half combined yards at DK Sportsbook. James Connor or Nikhil Harry in half point. I would still go Connor here. The problem with Harry is that Shaq Griffin's probably going to be on him this entire time. Yep. Bad matchup. Oh, it's a terrible matchup. And, and two, you know, just to kind of speak as a, uh, a ripple effect with this, I think Cam Newton's going to be humbled big time. Jamal Adams is going to smother him working as a spy. All right. So here's two guys that you like Scott Miller or James Robinson. I will go with James Robinson. I go with a guaranteed volume in James Robinson. All right, so we, we need two now. Robinson, Singletary, Cephas, or Amendola? Oh, well, Robinson's a lock. Yeah. And I guess, you know what? I'll chase the ceiling, and I'll go with Cephas. All right, I like it. Quintez, my guy. Let's fire him up. Corey Davis, Anthony. Oh, this guy asked the same question twice. You, sir, are banned for life. I hope you enjoyed yeah. your terrible question, because that's the last one I'm ever going to see. Sammy Watkins or Anthony Miller? Give me Tony. Uh, I will take Tony. All day. McLaurin or Diggs, who has an equally tough matchup no matter where he lines up on the field? Yeah, I got to get some Byron Jones, Lord Byron. Uh, God, I don't like either one of these guys. I'll go McLaurin. I'm going McLaurin too. Hines, Chark, or McLaurin? It's Hines. Now, you know what? Maybe it's Uh, Chark. Chark. Maybe it is Chark. Chark for me. Those are three good options. Yeah, they are. Give me Chark. I'm with you. Give me Chark on that one. Yes. Yes. Uh, James Conner, a guy we didn't even mention, Antonio Gibson or Latavius Murray. Would you go Gibson uh, here? I would, actually. Uh, I think you're going to see an increase in workload for him today, and it's not like Arizona has the most uh, you know, fearful defense that's out there. <laughs> yeah, give me, give, give me Gibby. All right. Congrats on the new channel, Pat. Well, thank you very much. Everyone out there needs to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Help me out here. Enjoying the daily content. I have more contributors coming in. Look for two videos tonight, plus my live show tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time, or 9.30 a.m. Eastern time with Gary and Amini. He needs two. Kelvin Ridley, Amare Cooper, and Robert Woods. I like Ridley Mm, and Woods. uh, I'm going to go Ridley and Woods because, again, Cooper, I don't think he's anywhere close to 100% with that foot injury. It's a bit of a mystery. He says he's fine, though. He claims he is. We'll see. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, would you go CD or Deontay? I would go Deontay. CD. Really? You would take him over Deontay Johnson in a great matchup? Yep. 
Yeah, well, they both have great matchups. Um, yeah, but they, but I, like, they do have really good TV. matchups. But I, are you not concerned that this could, like, with Cooper, with Gallup, with CD, with with Zeke back there, and Dak potentially even running the ball on himself, it just feels like it has to funnel through CD for him to hit this upside. Like, I feel like there's a lot of downside in this matchup too if he just happens to be the guy who's left aside. Well, that's a definite potential there. But look, this this is going to be a pinball matchup, man. And you're talking like 35 to 30. I mean, I think that's entirely realistic here. I, I just want a piece of that pie in this game. And you know, again, I'm sticking to my guns. I wrote CD was going to have a breakout performance, and you know, I'm going to stand by it. All right, Deontay Johnson or the French man, ha ha, Paris Campbell. I like Deontay Johnson. I like all Frenchy, ha ha ha, Petty. All right, Devontae Parker or Terry McLaurin. I like McLaurin. Yeah, give me McLaurin again because I I fear about the Tredavious White shadow. James Robinson or James Connor? I think we both agree it's James Robinson this week. Yeah, hey, Mister Robinson. Scotty Miller or John Brown? Uh, I do like John Brown. Uh, Scotty Miller. Yeah, I like Scotty Miller this week, too. I just don't see it as a big passing game. Like, it's hard to pass on the Dolphins. It's easy to run on the Dolphins, so just keep running. Brady or Aaron Rodgers? I would go Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, A.A. Ron, please. What do you do with Ronald Jones, by the way? Like, everyone is big on Ronald Jones, but I just... I am not... I, I, I am not at all. We talk- look, I know Fournette looked like a Galapagos tortoise in the last matchup. Uh, you know, five carries, five yards, nine snaps played. But, you know, Bruce Arians came out and, you know, take everything Bruce Arians says with an entire salt mine uh, and said that Fournette's going to see more action. I think this is going to turn in a hot hand approach. I think it's going to be close to a 50-50 split in terms of snap share. I, I still think Fournette's a better back than Rojo. Both could be quite good today knowing the shortcomings of this Carolina run defense, but I think Fournette is going to fire up, man. I really do. So, and, and don't forget the other very, this is why I hate the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, Godwin out Evans, yeah. fire him up, fire up Scotty Miller. Sure. Maybe Justin Watson has a little bit of appeal. If you're in a super deep league or really needing to save a bunch of money on DraftKings. but OJ Howard, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brake. Could be any one of those guys who catches the touchdown. That's not good news. And in the backfield, let's not sleep on Shady McCoy having 35% of the snap share last week for absolutely no reason. Like, that's terrible news. It's idiotic is what it is. I mean, McCoy's been cooked for the last couple of years. And yet, uh, you know, Tampa's like, oh, we're going to trot him out there for a third of those. It doesn't make any damn sense at all. So... I, again, I think it's Fournette. This is this is his game to shine. This is his time to really seize a large chunk of that backfield. He's got to take advantage against this soft Carolina front. Brad Evans, follow him on Twitter at Noisy Huevos. He's doing a live chat at noon Eastern time on FTNFantasy.com. So go over there and get some more expertise from Brad. Uh, I will be sticking around here in overtime to answer your questions as rapid fire and quickly as possible. We need to get those likes up, people. I'm seeing 225 right now. If we don't get up to 500 in the next, I don't know, two minutes, then, you know, we're not going too far into overtime. And I'm not getting to your questions. So if you're watching, you smash the like, you follow Brad on Twitter, and go check him out at FTN Fantasy. Good luck this week, man. Thanks for being on. Hey, man, hit that Zach Moss hat trick and then buy me a bottle of tequila with your winnings. 80 to 1. Make it happen. There we go. Uh, also, I want to say goodbye to the audio listeners because this is where the audio podcast is going to end. If you want to hit the entire show, hopefully Paul behind the scenes here can edit out the part where we had a rave party with all the blinking going on. But that'll do it. So see you guys later. Experience. 
experience. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.